ever-loving Arlene Francis. That was Carol Channing introducing Arlene Francis. The delightful star of stage and television, Miss Arlene Francis. A pioneer for women in early television. Thank you, and on my left, one of the lovely ladies of radio and television who has seen in her own program on another network, Miss Arlene Francis. <laughs> she hosted game shows, a male-dominated job to this day. Blind Date, America's most romantic program starring lovely Arlene Francis. And even hosted The Tonight Show. But she's maybe most well-known now for being a panelist. And now let's meet our award-winning panel. On What's My Line. And now let's all play What's My Line. And sometimes paneling with her husband, Martin Gable. Now a gentleman I am always proud to introduce, Martin Gable. And for this podcast, I interviewed her son. It can't be Robert Moses. No, he's wearing a uniform. <laughs> couldn't be Robert Moses. It could be Peter Gable, but I guess oh! it couldn't be. <laughs> we'll ask our first contestant to enter and sign in, please. We'll begin the general questioning with Arlene Francis. Your mom was on What's My Line. Time now for everybody's favorite guessing game, What's My Line. Is how I found her, and I feel like a lot of younger people like myself are finding your mom just stumbling upon it on YouTube. Uh, I was just wondering, she seems to get along with everyone on that show. Did she have friendships with the people on that show outside of the show? She did, uh... She had friendships with all of them, but mainly with uh, Bennett Cerf. Bennett was, uh, you know, the book publisher. He started he started Random House, and he was a, he was a successful, well-known book publisher in New York. And we had a house, a country house in Mount Kisco, New York, next door to the Cerfs. So the Cerfs. Our property was on top of the hill, the, my mother, my father, and me. And um, then you went, she went down the hill, through the brush, which is the way that I typically went, um, onto the surf's property. They had a big, they had a big sort of uh, estate there. And uh, the surf's sons are my friends, were my friends when I was little. And one of them is still my, one of my closest friends, Jonathan Surf. So Jonathan and I play in the same rock and roll band that we played in in college. We were roommates in college, and we've been close friends since we were six. Wow. So, uh, so our families were certainly intertwined, the Surfs and the Gables. Uh, my, 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 my mother was also friends with Dorothy Kilgallen, John Daly, and, and the various other people who were on the show, but mm -hmm. uh, not as close. Got it. Now, I... Your band, is that still going? The Central Park Zoo, I believe it is? Central Park Zoo, uh, well, that's open to question. Uh, <laughs> we played our last, we played what, what we thought was our last performance at our 50th Harvard reunion. That oh. was 19, 19, that was two years ago, and uh, 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 two years ago this June. We, we weren't sure whether that was our last performance or not, so... We, that's an open question. Okay, okay. Well, it's certainly for a while with COVID, unless you take it online. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> How did your mom get to be a panelist of What's My Line? Okay, well, my mother was a, 
primarily an actress in her life. She performed on on and off Broadway. She came up, you know, she was born in 1907. So she emerged in the 1920s uh, as a young actress and she got very involved in radio. And she had, as did my father, they both were successful radio actors. My mother, uh, my mother played a, a, they called her a private eyelash. She was a, uh, a woman detective called Anne Scotland. And she, uh, she did a show called The Many Lives of Anne, or The Private Lives of Anne Scotland, or something like that. My father was on a, a very successful radio show called Betty and Bob. And they were both in Orson Welles' Mercury Theater, which the Mercury, the Mercury Theater on the air was the radio version of the Mercury Theater, which performed classics on the radio. Uh, the most famous is War of the Worlds. Uh, you know that story? Yes, yes. Okay. So in War of the Worlds, of course, uh, uh, Orson Welles basically put on the show saying that we had been invaded based on H.G. Wells' novel that we had that mm-hmm. in New Jersey in New Jersey there'd been a landing of aliens and yeah. anyway he completely freaked out the state of New Jersey yeah. and, uh, everybody pulled cars over but uh, they did many many classic Shakespeare and non-Shakespearean shows in fact uh, my father played uh, Baron von Helsing in Dracula and my mother is in a number of those shows as well and many of them are, are findable on the internet in, in their original form. So my parents were both in radio. And uh, my father was a, a uh, Broadway actor his whole life, primarily, and uh, producer also. And so uh, in, the, in the 1940s, well, there's a whole story of how they met. But to, in terms of how my mother got onto What's My Line, she was, she was emerging in radio as a uh, on game shows uh like blind date was the name of a very well-known one where people would basically she put together people to, to go out with each other and they were often soldiers you know who came back from the from world war ii uh got on blind date and and my mother was the moderator that played cupid on the show and uh, anyway, she was she was she was very well known in, in radio. And when television came along, so now we're talking very late 1940s. Um, she, out of her radio experience, she was asked to be on the panel of What's My Line. Um, I think she was, began on the second show in February of 1950. Of course, Bennett didn't come till later, uh, a little bit later, and and I'm not sure when Dorothy started. the The exact original panel was different from what yeah. became the standard panel very quickly. Yeah. Wow, she had quite a career she before. She she was good at. Mm hmm. Very very good at 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 uh, playing Arlene yeah. Francis. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I know there's a documentary about your mom. Um, mm-hmm. uh, how did you help in that process? And also, where can I find it? Because I can't find it anywhere. Right. I don't think you can find it because the the producer and director, who's a, a woman named Jackie Sanders, is still trying to get it on PBS and other stations. So 
she doesn't generally show it. Gotcha. Although she has shown it at movie festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we showed it last year at the Bozeman Movie Festival in Montana. And um, so that's that's the only place that it's shown so far. It's called That Certain Something. And um, that was the name of my mother's first book. That, that Certain Something, The Magic of mm-hmm. Charm. And my mother, um, uh, so what were you asking me about the documentary? Um, just uh, how you were involved in in the making of it? Well, Jackie contacted me after she started, when she wanted to make it, because she was, also discovered my mother, uh, you know, she didn't know who she was, I think, as a young woman, a young actress in New York, and she was so uh, impressed with my mother's career and what she had made of herself as one of the first women to emerge in the television industry and also have a multifaceted career in on the stage and in movies and on TV and in radio. That she um, and also as a journalist, actually, uh, my mother was a did a radio show in New York City for 25 years every day that was on at about noontime, where she interviewed people uh, all all stripes. So uh, Jackie contacted me. I, I fully supported what she was trying to do, and she made her made the movie herself, really. I mean, I helped to raise a little bit of the money, but she did almost all the work herself. I mean, I've seen the trailer. It looks really good. So, <laughs> so I really do want to see that um, on PBS sometime. So if, if, if I need to write a letter or something, I'd love to. Okay, well, you know what you could do is uh, I could... Okay. And write to her. Write to her. Tell her you did an interview with me and you really want to see that. That sounds so fantastic and so forth and so on. Yeah. Well, then good, because I want to see that. Your mom, so you, you talked about how your mom did a bunch of game shows, but she also did things like the TV show Home. Why do you think that she was able to, I mean, that was kind of like a male-dominated space, and it still kind of is, especially with game shows, like your mom is and a select few others were it. Why do you think that is? Well, in the 1950s, television was an emergent medium. It was, of course, completely dominated by men. Uh, if you're talking about people who made the shows in that era. But a guy named Pat Weaver wanted to have a daytime show for women, aimed at women, that had a multifaceted set of offerings, uh, not just cooking and fashion and other stereotypes, but a more complex show that would appeal to uh, women of the 50s, all of whom were home, or many of whom were home at that time, rather than in the workplace, not all. My mother uh, wanted to do it and was lucky to be asked to do, to be the editor-in-chief of Home. They called it a magazine of the air. So she was on every day from 10 to 11 in the morning on, on NBC uh, in the, from 19, I'd say 54 to about 57. And the thing about Home was that it required someone, who was a woman, obviously, because it was directed at women. I mean, I say obviously. They decided to have a woman 
and it's directed at women. So she interviewed Eleanor Roosevelt. She interviewed uh, Carl Sandburg, the poet. She interviewed, uh, and she always had very significant interviews. And she would also read the paper sometimes on the show and go talk about affairs of the day in a way engaging women on intellectual and political and social matters not only on those stereotyped for women of the 50s like cooking and mm -hmm. appearance and uh, that was a very significant break with the the kind of cultural types of the time and it, it uh, was very important to have somebody doing it who was capable of crossing all those mediums of course, there were many women who were, but my mother was certainly very capable of it. I think that, you know, the game show aspect of, of my mother's life, although it, she's most famous for that, mm -hmm. it was not the centerpiece of her own self-image. The centerpiece of her sense of herself was as a stage actress, a dramatic actress, and she, of course, was in a great many plays. On, as I said, on and off Broadway for decades, and also in movies. That's how she, in, in a way, she said in her autobiography, if there's anything she regretted about her life, it's that, it's that TV really took over from the stage because she was so successful on television. Yeah. Between the home, between home, and then, of course, What's My Line for 25 years. And uh, she was on, she had a number of other shows as well. Uh, Soldier Parade, the Arlene Francis show. Uh, so she was, she was, it was a very successful medium for her. So it meant that she couldn't do all the theater that she wanted to do in her life and be known for it. Yeah, I mean, she, she seems like she had a very full life and it kind of make it's kind of astounding that she's on television so much but you can tell she has a she has a good um kind of grasp and down-to-earth quality about it yeah she does she was like that your father was also an actor and um it it seems to me that like he was willing to kind of like let your mom shine and uh I feel like especially for that that time, it was like she was front and center and he was like, I mean, even on What's My Line, right beside her. Um, so how how did he view her success? Uh, well, first of all, when they first got together, in fact, I have a picture here which you can probably, of them in uh, when they first really... When they first got together, I, they, I'm sure they had met sooner. My mother was married to somebody else at this time. Mm -hmm. But they, they performed together in a play called Danton's Death. So my father was the star of, of that. And my father was the, the, the more successful of the, in both radio and, and stage. My, they were both successful. But my father was particularly well-known. He was Orson Welles, uh, one of his lead actors in the Mercury Theater. Then when television came along, and I came along, so I was born in 1947, What's My Line was born in 1950. So that whole period, my mother was in ascendancy in terms of national reputation. And my father, you're right, my father was, he was blacklisted during the McCarthy era. My mm -hmm. father, he had to deal with 
rising success, and I think he had mixed feelings about it in the relationship. I think he felt, uh, for one thing, he always maintained, and my mother gave him this, and it was also generally true in the world they lived in in New York, that he was understood to be the great stage actor, and uh, that stature that he carried all his life was not affected by uh, the fact that my mother was so, so yeah. famous and successful. He was able to. So that, that balanced, I think, the, the relationship. Well, that's good then. Um, I, mean, yeah. I mean, it's not good that he was blacklisted. That whole part of history really sucked. Uh, it did. Now, he wasn't a communist or anything. My father was, uh, uh, you know, he was a liberal Democrat who happened to be associated with Orson Welles. And uh, the whole Mercury Theater was a, a, a basically anathema to Joe McCarthy. So, avant-garde, alternative, critical theater was not McCarthy's thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to more television, um, I this I think your mom was the first woman to host an episode or a couple of episodes of the Tonight Show. She was. So, I mean, I I just feel like uh, that's never mentioned. Uh, do you know anything about uh, those episodes? I found a a little bit like a a friend emailed me a like who were the guests and like it was like on a little card but uh do you know anything about about that i mean i know that uh so tonight show was chaired by a guy named jack parr at that time he was the founder really the founding before johnny carson was jack parr mm-hmm. everybody knew him in the country he was very witty famous offbeat Star of the Tonight Show when the Tonight Show started, and uh, why did he ask my mother? I honestly I don't know. What to to sub for him? How did it happen to be her? You have to see my mother at that time in the late fifties. I don't know when this happened. In early sixties, my mother was understood to be a di- diverse performer, mm-hmm. and she'd already done Home. Mm-hmm. She'd been on many. She'd been interviewed by Mike Wallace and other people. She was a well-known person, not just a celebrity. Right. And so so when she, she was understood to be a very substantial woman who was playing a lead role on home as a, you know, in the way that, that Oprah does, let's say today. So she, she, um, she was a logical choice, actually, if you were looking for a woman Mm -hmm. to be head the show she was she was very good interviewer she did interviews every day as i said on her new york radio show uh so she was extremely skilled at talking to people when they came out i'm sure that was a key factor in why my mother was asked is she could really bring you out of yourself when you when you that's not that easy you know yeah to to be able to have guests and the guests come they're all guests are nervous they don't know what to say you have to figure out how to engage them and she was particularly skilled at that so uh, i don't know what she did for a monologue (laughs) yeah 
Can't you find this on YouTube? I, I could yeah. not. It was uh, a lot of the uh, early Tonight shows have been destroyed. Like they right. they just got rid of them uh, for uh, space. Uh, at that time, they didn't really save any of those. But I think that might have been the period where Jack Parr and Johnny Carson was like that summer period or something that they hadn't really established Johnny yet. I see. Yeah. So, you were on What's My Line a couple of times. I was. I was. Uh, and your mom, I think every time was duped. Uh. Yes, she was. <laughs> couldn't be Robert Moses, it could be Peter Gable, but I guess oh! it couldn't be... Oh! <laughs> Just to clarify. You told me you were working at the fair late tonight, and I believed you. <laughs> I, I knew it would require the utmost deception to deceive you, Mother. How about that? So there you are. If that is any uh, model of your deception in the future, you're in, I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I had in mind. Arlene, find out how well you know them. How well do I know you? Very well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you may all take your masks off. You've been skunked and meat. Peter Gable and oh, Jonathan Sir. Feeling girls and boys. Well, I have been skunked every time Peter has been on. I never know who he is. It's so Peter, humiliating. Congratulations. We did it much. again. We did it again. Um related to the field of entertainment. Yeah. Uh, uh why is that funny? Are we are you then related to someone who is well known? Yeah. Henry? Well, that's uh, sort of uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> we'll we start from the top. Are you related to somebody in the field of entertainment? <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you uh, married to someone who is a uh, successful performer? No. No, he's the son of someone Wait, who is a successful Are you, uh, are you Peter Gable? Yes, it is! <laughs> I tried to give you more and more of my voice. I started out with this kazoo here, but I tried to give you just a little bit more each time, and I thought I saw a glimmer behind your, uh, blindfold. At the, at the very end, I began to get a little of your lip, yes. <laughs> Did she ever, like feel bad and like apologize for like oh i'm sorry i didn't recognize you or was she just overjoyed to see you overjoyed to see me no these were lighthearted mm -hmm. uh, experiences no she was overjoyed to see me and the point point was to stump the panelists mm -hmm. so, i mean the point particularly when 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 i was on or when jonathan surf was on or the whole point of it was to have our parents not not know who we were and then have to take off their blindfolds and see yeah. so no problem it was always it was always fun to, to watch yeah. yes <laughs> although I, I will tell you that i uh first time i was on i was 17 i think mm -hmm. and uh i had a job actually as a guide at the world's fair taking taking press people through and that was my occupation that they had to guess they were blindfolded but uh -huh. they, i think they had to guess my occupation I was just, I felt in a, in a way I was, I was nervous and uh -huh. um, in terms of how I experienced it. Whereas I, then I was on again a few years later 
And it was by then, it was the mid-60s. I was a junior in college. I was very confident. Uh, I had changed significantly. Yeah. And uh, so when Jonathan Surf and I were on together, I much preferred that that experience. Because yeah. I, I was uh, within myself yeah. rather than just perform, feeling like I had to perform like a boy almost. Yeah. Did you enjoy that job at the World's Fair? I, I enjoyed it, you know, I mean, no lines, you know, for yeah. me, because it was a guide, and I went through, I went through, uh, I went through those main pavilions so many times, I, I knew all the words by heart, and we, the guides used to perform, mm -hmm. perform them, uh, that was the, I think that was the first place they, you know, It's a Small World, the, the song. Mm-hmm. It's it's a small world after all. It's yeah. Small world after all. Yeah, that's so. That's where they have, they had that. Wow. I think Walt Disney Pavilion yeah. was. Yeah. They had that. Uh, I had to go through that ten times a day. So of course I could. I knew the words to all that. We had a lot of fun with it. The guys for acting out the uh, General Electric Pavilion. I remember because they showed different scenes from. Uh, the state of electricity a hundred years ago to the present, and they had animated uh, um, robots. Hmm. And so we, we acted out the robots <laughs> with each other while waiting for the next guest to come. Oh, that sounds like fun. It was. You studied law. What made you interested in law? Wasn't interested in law. Oh. My father wanted me to... I, I was... Um, English literature student at Harvard mm -hmm. in the 1960s, and I was pretty serious about it. I was really into it, and still am. But my father felt that there was no career in that that he was interested in. He always thought he should have been a lawyer sometimes instead of an actor, and so he wanted me to go to law school, and I was young enough that I did what my father said, which amazes me now, <laughs> I must say. And... Uh, I mean, and because the person I became was so, uh, I became, you know, a 60s activist. I, I don't know, it's, a fun, it's funny that I did, to me that I did it because he said he wanted me to. And yeah. uh, he said, law school or business school? So I said, chose law school. Then once I did that and graduated very successfully from Harvard Law School, I... I got on sort of a track of being, that was what I was trained for, and putting it that way. And then uh, when I came out to California with the 60s on a giant wave from New York to San Francisco and Berkeley, I, I, I was able to start an alternative law school, a public interest law school for social activist lawyers at New College, New College of California School of Law. I didn't start it myself, but I was one of the earliest people and certainly the longest survivors there. So <clears throat> I was able to combine my own interests in literature and philosophy with law. And that's how I put it together. So no interest in, in show business? No. Yeah. Not really. I mean, I never, I never, I was, uh, but, you know, I was the star of my fourth grade play, but yeah. otherwise <laughs> I was not. Mm -hmm. I'm an actor. Now, my son, who is now 24, Sam Gable, 
is uh, you know he went to theater school and he's been acting since he was nine, and so he he seems to have mm-hmm. inherited some of that. Some of the acting gene. It skipped a generation. <laughs> skipped a generation, except he's now transmuted it into his hip hop performances. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to see the grandson of Arlene Francis and Martin Gable, go to find Professor Gable. <laughs> on YouTube or Spotify, Professor Gable. Nice. <laughs> his, his four albums. Um. So, but you're all involved in music, it seems. Then. Uh. Well, not my parents, but yeah, I they am. weren't. Oh, okay. I am, and uh, and of course Sam is. Okay. Her stint as a what was it a tuba player didn't didn't <laughs> last long. Long <laughs> player. No, Trombone, that was right. Trombone. <laughs> that was just for uh, the, the play yeah. <laughs> that she was in, Mrs. Dally Has a Lover. Mm-hmm. And then in that play, she played the trombone a little bit. And uh, I remember it at, at the house. And uh, so <laughs> that was just for that one occasion. And then I guess she did it on one of these shows. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> As a joke, she did it on one of these shows. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know you're not, you weren't into the acting thing, but I did find one credit. You were in, it's, on IMDb, it says you were in the Twilight Zone. I was? That's what it says. It says, wow. <laughs> it's linked Amazing. to you. <laughs> I'm not, I don't remember being in the Twilight Zone, <laughs> but I would certainly be interested in seeing whatever that refers Right? To. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, didn't check the, I didn't I didn't pursue that because I was like I, it's, it's one credit don't know <laughs> if you find it somewhere I'd love to see okay it. <laughs> all right I'll look I'll look for it and see if I find you there <laughs> or if it's uh completely crazy <laughs> um all right um you also when you were in college did you uh write for the lampoon yes I was <clears throat> I was in the, I was, it was called the Ibis, which is uh, sort of second in command. Jonathan Cerf was the president, I was the Ibis, and uh, I wrote for the Lampoon and certainly was actively involved in it. Do you, yes. Do you remember any of the articles or anything that you, that you wrote or is... Yes, I do, I do. Uh, I wrote an article called, I wrote an article called... A minus or your money back. And uh, it was an article that I wrote a history paper and an English paper that I claimed you could just fill in the name of the novel or historical event and the characters, and <laughs> you could use my text and you would get an A minus. Um, and uh, I remember that. Uh, that was pretty. Do you know if anyone used that? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't. That would have been great. And I don't know if it would have worked, and I don't know where it is. But I would certainly <laughs> like to. And uh, oh, I, I, I don't remember. Yeah. What the other pieces were. I mean, the Lampoon was at that time was you know it was it was an organization as well as a magazine so. A lot of great people have gone through there, though. You'd be surprised. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Uh, a lot of people. I think Conan and T- 
ton of other SNL writers and stuff like that. Right. It's insane. That's right. Yeah. Now, you are you like a editor of some kind of publication now? Mm-hmm. I'm the editor at large of a magazine uh, called Tikkun, T-I-K-K-U-N, which is a a magazine of it's a Jewish magazine of politics, culture, and society. And the aim of tikkun, the word tikkun in Hebrew, means to heal or repair. So the phrase tikkun olam means to heal the world. So it's a vision of, of activism that has a healing-centered focus that assumes that human beings actually long to connect with one another, to be fully seen by one another. And um, so there's a, what you might call a spiritual dimension to that aspect of activism, and that's what we stand for, uh, in addition to a number of other stands that we take, uh, supporting a two-state solution in Israel-Palestine, and, and um, you know, we have a sort of progressive political vision and, and all that. But we, and we have, you know, critique and analysis of culture, and mm-hmm. I've written many, many things for Tikkun over the years, and... Uh, that's still what I do. I still write for Chikun and edit the pieces for Chikun. That's very That's one cool. of the things. One of the things that I do. Yeah, I li- I do like that message to like fully kind of like see people and people do like to be seen and heard and feel like yeah, they're understood. Well, actually, this book of mine is about that. So you might be what's it called? That, called it. It's called The Desire for Mutual Recognition. Its okay. subtitle is Social Movements and the Dissolution of the False Self. So the idea here is that, is that all we are all social beings. We all want to see and be seen for who we really are. And that is essential to our very nature, our very essence. Any newborn child immediately seeks eye contact or the holding of a parent and if a child is not held they could die from failure to thrive so we all seek that that kind of authentic social connection the book is about that longing and Mm -hmm. then what blocks it in the world that we've inherited how we have to overcome what separates us very cool and mag and the magazine tikkun is about that as well um, I did want to ask um, about your mom's style. She had a, a kind of an exquisite style, and she helped. Uh, I'm terrible with designer names. Uh, Anthony Skazy, I think it is. Did I Skazy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he she like really helped him get recognized. Um, Arnold Arnold Skazy was his name. Yeah. Go ahead. I guess I wrote that down wrong. Okay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it probably does to Arnold, although he's, I think he's gone now, but it probably still would matter to Arnold. <laughs> um, so I just kind of wanted to know, did her, um, just her style and fashion influence you at all? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think so. My mother was very, you're right, was very fashionable. And I, I was, of course, brought up inside that world mm-hmm. and rebelled against it. Yeah. So 
uh, I was the next generation. Mm -hmm. And I was dressed in all kinds of fancy little outfits as a child. I had to perform as a child in those outfits in all kinds Mm -hmm. of ways all through my childhood. So when I got old enough uh, to be my own man, I uh, caught the last train for the coast and put on jeans and grew my hair long and became quite a different person from who I was when I was a little boy. And so, no, I wouldn't say that uh, (laughs) I had anything like either of my parents' uh, clothing style. My father used to say about me, he used to say, you have no sartorial interest. And, uh, so it influenced you in the opposite direction. <laughs> anything in the opposite direction. I, I appreciate my parents' yeah. qualities and yeah. their and their their style was wonderful and it's yeah. no 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 criticism of it. Yeah. I had a feeling that like um, I mean, looking at your picture I was like, I think you went in the opposite direction with that. <laughs> By the way, in case we get cut off, I did want to say that if people want to know more about me and my my ideas and my books and all that, uh, you can go to petergableauthor.com, and that's where my website is. And my blogs are there, too, in addition. So click on the blog page. You can read about many, many things that I've written about current events and mm-hmm. everyday life. They're very sorry, good. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. You, that's perfect. Perfect plug. It's not probably the perfect way to end it, you know? Okay. Uh, just, they are very good, so I'll just say that. So people, go. Watch, read, everything. Join on the, and on the other side, my parents' side, the What's My Line Facebook page is just, oh, yes. I think, just great, I must say. Mm-hmm. I'm, lucky, I'm a lucky person because I get to see... If I want to, to see my parents who've been dead a long time mm-hmm. every day yeah. because they, there's a new What's My Line that's posted and stories about them and uh, photographs of sometimes of me and my childhood mm-hmm. that I've never seen before that people find on the internet. So I think, I that's think it's how, an amazing page. I think that's how we uh, connected. Yeah, it's yeah. a really good page. I've been a part of it for for a couple of years now. Oh, I did have one question that I don't think I even wrote down, uh, is that um, there's a lot of revivals of game shows and stuff right now, but no, what's my line? What's with that? You know, good question. One possibility is it was too good to revive. I mean, the thing about it is that, the thing about what that particular show is, what's my line, is that it captured the cultural... Uh, sophistication of that era. Those mm-hmm. people, all of them, were just, they were witty, they were mm-hmm. smart, they were, it wasn't just a game, game show. The game show was yeah. just a vehicle to see all these people and listen to them. Yeah. And, don't you think? From, from I really do, yeah. It was uh, It was more, I, I think I got into it for watching the mystery guest and then I started watching more of the episodes and it was just it was fun questions and fun personalities and exactly yeah exactly so yeah you're probably right I don't even know who they would they would cast because like I feel like they would kind of need the same kind of essence of the panelist and Uh that's that's just that that's gone it is gone. Yeah. That's gone. Yeah. Well, it was so nice talking to you. I hope you 
enjoyed it. I hope it wasn't too, like, um, much of a deviation from your schedule. Um. No. <laughs> I we're, I'm, I'm just sh- sheltering in place like the rest of us. So yeah. no deviation at all. I'm very glad to have done it. Really glad to meet you. Glad to hear about your show. Okay, Hope. Nice talking Bye. to you. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Peter Gable for coming on the podcast. Both of his parents are truly wonderful, and he is too. So check out his work as well. I had a good time with this interview, and I really did enjoy researching Arlene Francis. I want to shout out a couple of things. I have always loved The Thrill of It All, done by Carl Reiner and Doris Day, and of course, Arlene Francis gives a spectacular performance. And I also want to shout out Stuff Your Mom Never Told You podcast. I found their podcast when researching Arlene, and they did an episode about game shows, and it shows they really discovered her and I, while doing their research, and I think it put they put together a well-researched, informative podcast that was just so well put together. So, bravo. Now, I did feel bad for only really focusing on his mother and not his father, Because they both are truly wonderful, but I have tried to cover too much on this podcast before, and so maybe that's something we revisit some other day. I also tried to really do my research, and I tried to do justice to both people, but I just really didn't trust myself to do the necessary research for both of them under my current schedule. So I thank you all for listening and being understanding. And just have a wonderful day. (laughs) There comes a time when a man talks too much. (laughs) I just really wanted to include that. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Hello, please leave a review, a rating, a message, just whatever you can on whatever app you're using to listen to this. It really helps. I know from personal experience and I really thank you for listening. I may not have a large audience because, well, loving the classics is kind of a niche thing, but I don't want these classics to die out and that is why I need your help. Please like and share. This has been a Hope Sears presentation, darling.